Welcome back to The Curious Clinicians, a medical podcast that asks why. I'm Hannah Abrams, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Avi Cooper and Tony Brew. Hey, guys. Hey, Hannah. Hey, Avi. It's good to see you both. All right. Now, what's that rustling you hear in the distance? That's the sound of a fresh bushel of cilantro. Today, we are diving back into the culinary world on the podcast. So you may recall that on a few episodes, we've talked about food, such as episode nine, we talked about the mechanisms of umami flavor, and episode 18, where we learned about thirst. Today, we're talking about cilantro, specifically why some people absolutely love cilantro, i.e. Tony, and other people cannot stand it. And even some describe a soapy flavor when they eat it. So Avi, how did we get here? How do we get to cilantro? So I always thought it was interesting that some people really, really hate cilantro. Like they can't even be in the same room as it. Like get it out of my sight. I don't want to be near that. And others like myself and my wife, we cook with it all the time. We're growing it in our backyard. We just love the flavor. And I thought it was fascinating that those who hate cilantro often say that it specifically tastes or smells just like soap. And like, why, why soap? <laughs> um, and so it just seems so specific. So I guess it sounds like Tony, you're, you're a fan of cilantro. Is that fair to say? I, I yeah, it's either because I, uh, I like the taste of soap, uh, which I don't <laughs> think is the case, or I don't have that experience. But, but what's curious is in my, uh, my family, my mom is definitely one of those persons who tastes soap when she has cilantro. So my favorite restaurant in New York City, where my parents used to live, is a Mexican restaurant. And when we'd go there, I'd get so frustrated because they'd come around and they'd do the bedside guac. And I'd be like, yes, add cilantro. And my mom would be like, I'm leaving the restaurant if they add cilantro to this. So, you know, family, it has ended up being a little bit of a, a point of um, contention at times. I have to confess, my, my mom also really, really does not like cilantro. But Hannah, what about you? Yeah. Uh, I just tried this bushel of cilantro that I got for uh, for this episode, and it uh, it does indeed taste uh, taste like a Spanish toad. <laughs> and do Spanish toads taste like soap? Um, yeah. A sapo. Ah, right. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I um, have always been the kind of person that takes <laughs> takes the cilantro off of my sandwiches. Um, but it never tasted quite like soap to me until five minutes ago when uh, Tony and I were discussing cilantro and I was trying this bushel here. And I realized it's because I am constantly just trying to get it out of my mouth as quickly as possible. <laughs> so I never had the time to taste that after you let it sit on your tongue for a while, it does taste kind of soapy. Yeah, so we're going to have to figure out like why you had that experience, I guess. And something tells me Avi's going to have the answer. But I don't know, maybe yeah, do you want to start with the- Because this is really yeah. embarrassing at restaurants. It's not great. So maybe would it make sense, Avi, to start with some like historical background about this love-hate relationship between cilantro, humans, soap, and apparently other things? Spanish totes. Spanish totes. So the disagreement about cilantro, you know, whether it's delicious like Tony and I feel or disgusting, smells, you know, awful like Hannah is, is experiencing, it's not a new one. And actually the first specific mention that I came across in my reading was from Pliny, who he was, we're going way back to the first century Rome, and he was a naturalist, and he referred to it as having cooling and refreshing properties. And he clearly, Pliny was clearly in the love cilantro camp. Zoom ahead to the 16th century, John Gerard, who was an herbalist, he called cilantro a stinking herb with venomous quality. 
So he clearly didn't like it. And, um, and he was a, his, a herbalist or an herbalist. He was. He was. Mm, so he preferred um, to be a little bit more parsimonious with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And his his French contemporary, um, Olivier de Serre, if I pronounce that correctly, but he said and wrote, it smells like stink bugs. <laughs> So there was this disagreement in uh, you know 16th century France about uh, is cilantro bad or good, and like are we even talking about the same plant like that Gerard or Desserre experienced, and the one that Pliny said has like cooling and refreshing properties? I mean, it just seems like it's so dichotomous that it's almost not the same plant, but clearly it is. So how common is it, other than in our N of three study here? <laughs> Uh, to to not like or to taste soap when you eat cilantro. So I came across this population-based study from 2012. And this was published in the journal called Flavor, which is my favorite journal name ever. I don't know what your favorite with journal a U? name was. This is Flavor with a Flavor, U. Exactly, Flavor. Yeah. Um, when I came across this name, it was like, okay, that's my favorite. <laughs> and so this, this study from 2012 found that about 10 to 15% of people reported having kind of a global dislike for cilantro. And it's just, interestingly, there seemed to be an inverse relationship between the rates of reported dislike of cilantro and how prominently cilantro features in that culture's cuisine. And so basically, the more cilantro in a culture's diet, the less people were likely to dislike it. The thing that's so interesting about cilantro is, I mean, there's a lot of foods that people just don't like. Like, they're, like that's common. Not everyone likes every food. But with cilantro, as you've been saying, it's not just I don't like it, it's I despise it, I hate it, get it as far away from me as possible. And and so that suggests that there's something beyond just different tastes. And so is there an explanation for the variation between all these different populations and, and why this love-hate relationship seems to exist? So Tony, I think I'm glad you asked that question. I think we do need to take this back to your previous career as an earth sciences teacher. Was it, wasn't that what you did? Or was it earth science? I did earth science, yes. But that was mostly okay. discussions of lava and sedimentary and igneous rocks. <laughs> Not like soil science. <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of weathering and erosion, but I don't know that we <laughs> talked much about whatever might be coming up. <laughs> well, I guess so. we, need to, we need to talk about chemistry. Is essentially yeah, I, what I, I definitely did for. none of that. <laughs> and we have to talk about aldehydes. I don't know if that takes, us, takes you all both back to general chemistry or organic chemistry, but... Uh, if we could just review what aldehydes are <laughs> in general and specifically I, I why we to. <laughs> uh, need to know about them for this episode. Yeah, I like I, said, I definitely had to. And so aldehydes are carbon molecules that contain a functional group with the structure carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, where the carbon is double bonded to oxygen. Right, right, right. Of course. And so <laughs> what's happening um, with aldehydes as it relates to cilantro? So it turns out that aldehydes are the the main source of cilantro's pungent, fragrant flavor, which I would say is probably fair to say is true regardless of whether you like it or dislike it. There is a pungency to cilantro that it's it's okay. intense. And there are lots of different aldehydes in cilantro, but there's one that seems to be key to our question of this love-hate relationship with the herb. And that aldehyde is called trans-2-decinal. And so on the surface, there doesn't seem to be anything unique about this particular aldehyde. You wouldn't know that it would be at play here. But in a genome-wide association study, the study found that those who taste and smell soap with cilantro have a specific polymorphism 
of the OR6A2 olfactory receptor. And OR6A2 happens to be an aldehyde receptor that binds trans-2-desinal. So that seems to be perhaps the mechanism or the causative factor that we're seeing, having polymorphisms in this OR6A2 receptor. I love that they did a genome-wide association study of this. Okay, so... Was it, wait, actually, was it published in the journal Flavor, or was this published in some other non... A lesser journal. Yeah, exactly, the lesser journal. So it, um, it actually was published in the journal Flavor. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> the title of the article was, A Genetic Variant Near Olfactory Receptor Genes Influences Cilantro Preference. Um, ah, cilantro preference, that's such a, I do tiptoe way of describing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah, describe it as a preference. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so, okay, what we've said so far is that there is this aldehyde transudecinol in cilantro, and that we know from a genome-wide association study that people who have a specific polymorphism of a receptor that binds that aldehyde, OR6A2, don't like cilantro. Do we know, so what? what's kind of the implication of the association? So, you know, it strongly suggests that the variations in OR6A2 and specifically the ability to bind trans-2-decinal is the source of why some people hate cilantro. And you know, you can even get commercial genetic testing kits that will tell you your genotype for this gene. And that study from that journal Flavor actually, I think, drew from this from the customer base for these genetic testing products that was kind of the I think some of the source for their for their study. So you can either fork over some cash to get a genetic test or you can go buy a bushel of cilantro and taste it, right? It seems like those are the <laughs> on a th- podcast, yeah. On, yeah, exactly. But this is sort of like throughout history we've been talking about this and and you've been talking about it in very vivid terms. Like the, again, people don't just have a preference for or against, it's a hatred. So I, I, I think we got to go a little deeper. Yeah. So one thing that really impressed me was how the 16th century French scientist Olivier Dessert was when he said that to him, cilantro smells like stink bugs. Again, we talked about soap. Now we're talking about stink bugs. It's so specific. Why stink bugs? Like it's so vivid. So have either of you heard of what stink bugs are? Only no? on the playground, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I certainly heard them, but I couldn't be like, oh, and here's all the characteristics of a stink bug. I can't have much to offer on this. Yeah, couldn't be like genus X and species Y, of course, yes. I wouldn't either. And I have not smelled a stink bug either, I could, I should say. But reading about this, it turns out that they are a real type of insect called the marmorated stink bug. Their scientific name is Haliomorpha halis. And when a stink bug is threatened, it releases a pungent odor from its abdomen that has been described as cilantro-like. And guess what comprises its defensive odor? An aldehyde? (laughs) (laughs) A very specific aldehyde, trans-2-desinal. Exactly the same aldehyde that we've seen in cilantro that mediates its its pungent flavor. Um, So stink stink bugs are sort of kind of releasing cilantro to fight people people, off, fight off off threats. Yeah. Do some people think that stink bugs smell good? (laughs) Like delightful bugs? I don't know. So not in this cohort, I guess. Yeah, I suppose not. (laughs) So uh, one thing that's interesting is that I've realized is I don't know that many aldehydes, but one that I do know is formaldehyde, which also has a particularly pungent odor. 
And I mean, it, it, do you know, Avi, is there something about aldehydes in general that, <laughs> I don't know, promote the you know, aromas or something of that sort? Yeah, you know, I think I think aldehydes do tend to have a. I, I'm not a chemist, but I I do I think my sense is that they <laughs> tend to have distinct odors, and you know, this is pretty relevant for why specifically soap, which I think we're going to get to. Why specifically people yeah. can taste and smell soap? So please tell us why soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hannah's she's yeah, been so- sitting on this bushel and really wants to know. Why? It does smell like very strongly, actually, right here. <laughs> like stink bugs are in your apartment. Yeah, and you know, because like I love the smell of most foods that use cilantro, but I guess it's like mixed in. Because um, yeah, now that there's just like a bushel of cilantro as we're recording this episode, I'm like, wow, this is this is unique. <laughs> so for soap production, the term is saponification. That actually involves hydrolysis of lipids in the presence of heat and sodium hydroxide. And that produces fatty acids that comprise soap. And aldehydes, like trans-2-desinal, which we've been talking about, are byproducts of this soap-making saponification reaction. And they're the reason that soap has distinct aromas. Aldehydes are kind of the, the source of aromas of soap. And so if you think what I'm saying is that someone says that cilantro tastes like soap, they are actually indeed tasting soap. You are tasting soap. Um, That's or at least so the source of soap's aroma. <laughs> so, so like how, how bananas is that? <laughs> That's crazy. But but Hannah, when you hold up that that bushel, it doesn't smell like soap to you. I mean, it clearly tastes like soap. Well, but it it doesn't taste like soap until it like sits on my tongue for a little uh, bit, and I wonder okay. if it's like breaking down a little bit. Right. I okay. I always thought that I just had bad taste, like because I was like, well, it's cilantro. It doesn't taste like soap to me, but I don't like cilantro. So I, th- I thought I just I just had bad opinions. Okay, um, that actually makes sense. You got to actually you know maybe break it down a little bit to release the aldehydes. Yeah. Okay. So those who don't like cilantro, you may not be alone in this. But for for people like me, uh, next time that I uh, go to a restaurant and don't want to embarrass my entire family, guys, restaurants isn't that amazing? <laughs> no. <laughs> just a brief non sequitur. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, uh, for those who hate cilantro. Or, for don't like cilantro, but want to like cilantro, is there anything that I can do to make it a little less soapy? So I don't know if this strategy will take it from hate to love, but it might take it from hate to tolerate. I don't know if the goal is like you were saying to not have to pick it off your food in a restaurant or something, but I don't know. But So there was a study in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, which is the first time I have um, pulled an article from that journal, but (laughs) apparently dicing or grinding up the leaves of cilantro or food processing them, something like that, um, it activates an aldehyde reductase enzyme in the leaf itself that resides there. And that aldehyde reductase breaks down aldehydes like trans-2-desinal to less aromatic compounds. And so it's like theoretically, this should reduce the soapy flavor. Um, I would propose that perhaps Hannah would do an experiment for our next episode. And yeah. yeah, go get a can, blender. Uh, we, I yeah, wonder if like, this is. Did this actually help? Or I wonder if this is like protective for the plant, you know, in in nature to to prevent being eaten by certain animals. But then, like the animals can grind it up, and that's why they. So it still allows them to spread the seeds around. Avi, I just learned this today that coriander is cilantro seeds. Apparently, it is. <laughs> Anyway, 
So I'm glad to know that maybe just breaking it down a little bit will get rid of some of the soapiness. We will report back, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Avi, what are uh, what are some take-home points for this? <laughs> so, dichotomous love-hate responses to cilantro, they come from different sensitivity to the aldehyde trans to decinal. And it, you know, maybe that like Hannah is more sensitive to them and and Tony and I are not. And this difference in sensitivity results from genetic variations in the OR6A2 olfactory receptor, which is the receptor for trans 2 decinal. And um, this aldehyde is a byproduct of saponification and soap production. And so those who taste soap with cilantro are actually tasting soap, literally tasting soap. And it may be that grinding up or dicing cilantro can help with the tolerance for those who don't like it because this activates an aldehyde reductase enzyme in the leaf, breaking down trans 2 now and theoretically making it more palatable. Well, unless Hannah is going to go grind up some cilantro for us right now, that actually wraps up this episode of The Curious Clinicians. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. As a reminder, you can join our mailing list at CuriousClinicians.com to stay up to date on episode releases and have detailed notes delivered directly to your inbox. We are excited to partner with VCU Health to offer CME and MOC credits for physicians and other healthcare professionals just for listening to this episode. For more information, visit ce.vcuhealth.org slash CuriousClinicians. And as always, the information contained in this episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Until next time, we've been the Curious Clinicians. Tony, do you want some cilantro? <laughs> I actually kind of do. <laughs> a lot of it here. <laughs> yeah.